0: Welcome to episode 27 of the DC Drop, where we are going to be talking specifically about Elseworlds, the CW's DC TV crossover, Arrowverse, featuring the Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. I'm Tom. I'm Zach. And I'm Travis. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Uh, It's been a while, and you've started a podcast recently, have you not?
1: Yeah, just a little side hustle for podcasts where my schedule has been pretty terrible for lining up with you guys. So it's just called Superhero Discussions. Normally, I just take a crack at the DCCW and Titans, but I did a little uh, Marvel animated universe thing too, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So if anybody wants to check that out, just we have to search on your podcast apps.
0: Yeah, I definitely recommend that if you want to hear Travis's DCTV stuff and also other good stuff. And I do like that it's called Superhero Discussions because it sounds so calm, like your voice, and it's not like... There's probably a show out here like this. I'm not making fun of them, but superhero rants or superhero screaming or something. It's just calm and nice.
1: Yeah, I pretty much enjoy almost everything, so <laughs> it's gonna be overall positive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into Elseworlds. There's a lot to get into in this three episodes of the sh- of the show. Um, I guess big picture wise, overall non spoiler or anything. What do you think of this, Travis?
1: I really enjoyed this crossover time. This right up there with Crisis on Earth X for me. Uh, I think it could be better just because the like interpersonal reactions and interactions between the two, uh, well, the three title characters are great, especially Barry and Oliver. And I really enjoyed the Freaky Friday type stuff. Well, without the body swaps. Uh, and I love how it sets up the crossover for next year already. So we're, we're just going to build anticipation for a whole year now. So I just think that bravo to just keep doing it better.
2: Yeah, and I, I'd I agree with that. I Overall, I enjoyed it. It's I'm a bit confused by this, which I think this is, of all the crossovers, this has been the most confusing. But that's because there's so much going on. There's so many characters. There's so much jumping around. Reality is literally being rewritten. And like you said, it, it feels like almost a really long extended trailer for something that's going to come later, which doesn't make this any less enjoyable but it does kind of like i don't know maybe it clouds my my judgment a little bit about it just because it doesn't really feel like a contained story that is wrapped up or anything like that and that's an okay thing but i can see how that might um upset some people or confuse them but overall overall this is definitely the most humorous most fun kind of wacky all over the place crossover we've seen yet and uh, i like that
0: i enjoyed it too i like it i don't I didn't necessarily love it right away. I'm curious to see how this thing ages for me. Uh, I have seen it twice now already and I did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. Lots of lots of good stuff going on. I would I'd agree with both of you, though, and I would say it does feel a little bit like setup. But also, uh, Zach, you said there's so much going on. I felt like there almost wasn't enough going on and it felt like uh, it felt like a very a thinner story. Than I would have liked and, and a bit of a wasted opportunity. I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. And Travis, you mentioned a lot of the, the Barry and Oliver stuff. That was great. And that was really the highlight for me. But overall, it was good. And it, it was good. And I liked it. And it was fun. And if you like these characters, I think you'll enjoy it, especially the Barry and Oliver and Kara stuff. But I think it, it could have been better. I think it's a step down from perhaps the most recent crossover, Crisis on Earth X, but still a good one overall.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of questions coming out of this one as well. So who knows, maybe if the next year's crossover is really well, if you watch them together, it would feel
2: like more of an event. So like you said, just we got to wait and see going forward about that. Yeah, you make a good point, Tom, though. Like um, like I said, there there's a lot going on, but you, you kind of hit the point that there's a lot going on, but they don't go into depth on anything. So it's almost like they start these little a bunch of little ideas and then never give any of them enough time to grow into a full story that that gets you anything really, um, so there's it's almost just like a big slideshow of look at all these really cool things that we can do without really fleshing any of them out completely. And I really wish they could have done a four show crossover and given it just a little more time to breathe. And I think um, maybe the time restriction had something to do with that. The fact that they're in three episodes has something to do with how far they went. But they could have also been a little ambitious or le- less ambitious. But again. Even saying all that, I'm glad that they're really ambitious because it seems like they're setting up something pretty huge.
0: Yeah, and I guess you've probably seen what they're already where this is going, even if you haven't seen the episodes. And but let's just dive into it. Spoilers wise, uh, we know where this is going, so uh, we know it's building towards Crisis on Infinite Earths next year. Is the crossover presumably? Does that change anything for you Travis or does that make you enjoy this more or less or anything like that?
1: Probably a little bit more to be honest with you. But that could change depending on how the quality of the crossover next year. But one thing that really I wasn't I wasn't expecting it until after I seen the first episode. After I seen the first episode, I sent a DM to Brant from DC TV Squadcast saying that I thought that it might accelerate the crisis storyline from the flash because earlier this year we had people from the flash including grant gustin saying it would be nice to get to that ninth season where the crisis is supposed to occur and now having it spit up to next year i'm just wondering how the flash show is going to handle that but for the crossover in general no i don't think it does anything to like dampen it for me at all
2: yeah it was almost it was like a nice uh kind of a nice ending to put on it because it helps you like looking back. And like you said, you've seen it now twice, Tom. I, I definitely need to go back and watch this again because it, I was like a little concerned, like, okay, they're dropping tons and tons of like Infinite Earth, Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff. Is this just, they're just gonna say this was their crisis, like just mentioning it a few times and pulling in a couple small things um, without really fleshing it out. And so it's nice to get to the end and say, okay, no, they're just setting all this stuff up for the actual Crisis on Infinite Earth, which is, so that kind of, changes the way you look at the the three episodes before
0: yeah uh, i don't yeah uh, i think looking at it knowing crisis is coming on now i i feel like this was it wasted a little bit of opportunity there is setup here but i i think the story was pretty thin and what was there it it didn't really move anything along i think knowing crisis is coming next year you don't even need to this feels like a prequel tie-in comic that's nice to read but it doesn't really have a ton of stuff you need to know and there is some stuff obviously cisco's vibe whatever went on with Oliver and the monitor you need to know, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it moved everything along that way. It just sort of teased it and like here's some red skies, but then we dropped that and we'll come back to this later. So, um, I'm a little disappointed. There wasn't more movement on that, even though they, they've got a, a year, they can set it up elsewhere or do anything like that. But I also think I might enjoy this more from the perspective of with crisis coming, um, this was the last chance to see these characters together, especially Barry and Oliver, and maybe Kara, having a lot of fun before whatever universe changes happen with the crisis. So I kind of relate it to the episode of Smallville in season ten, where there was a—I uh, think it was the fifteenth episode—where Zatanna hexed the champagne at Lois and Clark's bachelor/bachelorette party, and it was just a goofy. It was a hangover episode of the fla- of Smallville and it was really goofy, but I had so much fun with it because it was the last time you knew there was big stuff coming yet, but we knew that was the last time all these characters got to be together and have a fun time. And so from that perspective, I kind of enjoy this, but I still think I would have liked to see more pop movement, more things moving along, more stuff going on besides those fun character stuff.
1: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. But we also have some question marks where – Oliver and the Monitor had a conversation at the end of the final Mm -hmm. episode, spoiler alert. Uh, So we don't know what changes could happen to what was on the newspaper. So, like, I don't know, maybe they tease that going forward on that show and tease consequences on Flash and Supergirl. But I think more than anything, this crossover will have, like, personality impacts on our main characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read an article from EW saying as much as that. And I just think that after seeing this crossover, that Albert's gonna become a lot more lighthearted, and Barry might become a bit more serious. So I'm curious to see how shows are going to take, like, take it going forward, and take their heroes going forward after this crossover.
2: Yeah, and it it was cool, like with the whole body switching, reality switching thing, where they really did focus on like you need to be Barry to be the flash and you need to be Oliver to be the green arrow. It doesn't work that way. And so they needed to explore different parts of their personality. And like you said, Oliver needs to lighten up and maybe Barry needs to get a little more serious. Although he's, he's had plenty of times to figure out that he needs to be a little more serious and it never really seems to stick. Um, But yeah, like Tom said, it is a bit wasted just because there is so many things like, especially the red skies that they just kind of dismiss after a while. Like they thought it was a cool idea, but then it just kind of, goes away or just things that didn't get enough time like Amazo was really good in the first episode and then there's so many things that happen in the third episode that him coming back doesn't really mean anything especially like with Brainy fighting him
0: that's a really good point Travis about the the character personality stuff going on you know could this change Oliver a little bit could it change Barry a little bit I think that's really interesting stuff and I I always value the characters over the story so I really enjoyed that stuff I wish, like I said, I do wish it, the story had a reason for those things to happen. The way it was structured, it felt like there was a bunch of gags they wanted to get to, and the story just kind of loosely connected when it was when it was going on. Because it's not—I don't think it was a really great reason to go to Arkham. Like I wanted to see them go to Arkham and everything, but they go to Arkham to get Deegan. When I don't, and they could have run facial recognition software before that. I think, and I thought all of those, all those little things, all those tying the plot points together was pretty weak, but they did get the characters right. I'm curious how the casual fan likes this because I love like Barry shooting Oliver, the jokes about the hallway motivational talks, uh, Oliver calling out Barry for needing motivational talks. And then Barry snapping right back at Oliver about Felicity always being in his ear. I thought that stuff was fantastic. I am curious though, how this was. It's almost, I wonder if there was almost too much fan service in that how um how the casual viewer who watches one of the one or two of these shows who maybe doesn't watch all of them would react to that stuff if they didn't know what was going on especially um I mean well throughout it I think there there's things going on that are some deep cuts that I really enjoyed but I wonder how people would react to that
1: Yeah that's you bring up a good question cuz they do target this to the general audience as well as us like diehard TCW fans so I think some of those references and that they'd be completely lost at Especially, like you said, that one was really funny where Barry shot Albert, And I'm 100% positive they used the exact same footage from the Flash episode of the two bows, two handheld cross, crossbows shooting. Because <laughs> the grass was apple green on the farm, And the grass, when those <laughs> were getting shot, were apple brown. Very similar. I went back and looked because I had to. And it's the exact same shot as what was in the Flash episode, Flash versus Arrow. So I thought that was pretty funny. And, but that was yet again our little, little nitpick. But I don't know. I just think that, like you said, they might have tried to do too much. And with Zach's point, having that fourth hour might have been really great. Cause we have a lot of these questions about psycho Pirate. We didn't really learn that much about Deegan. We learned a little bit. Mm-hmm. One thing I really know is that if I had that book, I would have a lot harder place for people to find it than in the wild and our, would <laughs> have some sort of like laser like mission impossible will tell you safe at least i can't I mean, it doesn't even make any sense
0: couldn't you rewrite reality so you're the only one who could see it or rewrite reality so your criminal record is gone or you're removed from facial recognition software There was a lot of a lot of things um going on with that i i think <laughs> i think you guys say there was a lot going on i thought there wasn't enough going on it was uh a really i, I love the premise and i like how the monitor was used uh, Deegan was a disappointment because that's a really great actor, really great casting and maybe he'll pop back up later but for two episodes it was just basically him playing a practical joke on Barry and Oliver and that was it so that's that's where the letdown kind of the biggest letdown comes story wise is he was just playing a practical joke and then they slowly found him Um, so I wish there was more to it than that and then the third episode got a little bit more into that had a little bit more going on Um, but that was a little too late for pks
1: i'd be able to defend Deegan a bit more because at the like the first scene we hear him say like we need to be super in order to understand and like it's just circumstance and luck that factors into you being a superhero he has a picture of the flash up on the wall yeah so if if they would have went right to the trigger twins uh reality i would have understood it more but i can see what Tom's saying about a practical joke where he just switches them like switches their bodies and well, name their bodies, just switches Oliver's Barry, Barry's Oliver type thing. So that seemed more like a practical joke. But if you went with the Trigger Twins, you could be like, okay, you don't have any of your abilities. Now be heroes.
0: We see that they do.
1: But he went to, like, the mother actually says, you went for, like, was it ch- uh, like a fantasy the f- dream job that he wanted instead of doing something big so he intervenes? So I just I think it was just a foolish plot to begin with from what Deegan was doing. And he seems like a smarter. Well, he is a smarter character than that in the
2: comics. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff that leaves a lot like to be desired, especially just definition wise, like the writing rewriting reality, like the definition of that power isn't really fleshed out very well. Like exactly like you said, like, if you have this crazy immense power, you think crazier things would be happening not that what's happening isn't that crazy but especially the first episode yeah is just kind of a practical joke and then why did he pick deegan he doesn't really seem like a good choice why did the monitor pick him um and what is his motivation why did he switch him like he seems kind of good at first but then goes absolutely crazy i don't know it's there's yeah it just leaves a little bit to be desired of um kind of explaining the characters motivations and then explaining the powers that are being used
0: yeah, it's a it's a credit to Crisis on Earth X and stuff in the past that my expectations are so high that uh, if they don't deliver all of the things I want, that I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I would be judging this very differently if this if you just focus on say Barry and Oliver and the Monitor and Deegan, and this was just a random two episode Flash Arrow crossover in March, I would have loved this. I, I mean, absolutely. Love this, and this made me want to see more Arrow Flash mini crossovers. But um, yeah, as a as a the once a year crossover, this is the thing. It didn't feel like there was a ton of story behind it, but I don't want to dwell on that anymore. Um, I, I will say Stephen Amell did fantastic work in this in this crossover. Uh, this was great. He was a ton of fun. Uh, Oliver having a good time seeing him do everything. He pulled it off uh, from the thumbs up from being. From being the flash I think he was fantastic I felt bad for Oliver though there were there was he he was a lot of people were giving it to him hard I, from iris at the beginning to um him his ego being hurt by Batman and Superman and, and all of that other stuff uh I I felt bad for Oliver like and I and some of the stuff he's done he deserves to get to get crapped on a little bit he's done some bad stuff in the past he has some some bad things going on but uh he's not you know I mean they're still working with him. They should have some more nice things to say at him. And Barry had some things to say at the end, but I wish they, I wish they came around because Barry gets one or two, you know, one or two jokes at his expense about messing with the timeline. Uh, and I don't think Kara got any of those, and it felt like they were laying on Oliver a little heavy. But I gotta give credit to Stephen Amell; he was fantastic, as was Grant Gustin and uh, Melissa Benoist too. She had uh, the facial expressions while they're just doing, you know, they're just kind of meandering around, going to Gotham and things like that. Um, and it, it was moving too slow for me, but what still made it was enjoyable was those actors and their performances.
1: Yeah, I'll agree. That was my favorite part of the crossover as well. And I couldn't help but laugh at Barry when he just told Kara uh, at the blue on top of the uh, place in Gotham, on top of the rooftop, that Oliver cheated on his uh, girlfriend with her sister <laughs> out of nowhere. Completely. <laughs> off. I was like, what the hell, man? And it just reminded me. <laughs> Um, when I used when I was in college we used, I used to have this friend that whenever we go to a party, when you laid your beer in the fridge, you turned around and he told everybody the worst thing he knew about you. Mm. Yeah. As the icebreaker. Yeah. So that's exactly what it reminded me of. I would have been like, What the hell, man? Like, what are you doing? And I agree with Tom, they did pile on Albert a lot. But I thought that in the second episode, him and Barry came to kind of an understanding about what they both go through Barry saying, like I could never go through what you go through. You went through, it's crazy, and Albert saying that he could, blah, blah, blah. But seeing that they found understanding at the end, which kind of justified it, and you even hear that when Albert talks to the monitor, saying that I'm filled with dark, my inner self is filled with darkness, but Barry and Kara aren't. Even though we do see in the Arrow this season, he's taking steps to get away from that. Even see, Even in this crossover, he doesn't shoot deegan when he's as superman well black suit superman he just lets him go listening to barry so he we can see his characters already redeem himself so i don't know why they're piling on in the way they did they could have just had a couple jokes but it seemed like they beat the dead horse a little bit
2: yeah but oliver is the easiest to pile up on because he's got he's got a lot of issues um but I, I did really like especially like when they get the fear toxin and they have to fight like each other's villains so he's fighting Barry the real Barry is fighting Merlin and real Oliver is fighting reverse flash and they they kind of understand each other better after they go through that I really liked like that character development and like you said Tom Oliver Stephen Amell just does a fantastic job with like he's got some pretty good comedic chops and I he he deals with the the insults that are being hurled at him pretty well and I I don't know it worked for me and like I said I think this is the most fun most humor I've seen in one of these crossovers so I, I really enjoyed that part.
0: Yeah. So but we can go uh, point out anything specifically in the episode. The first one was the flash. And this was kind of where uh, at the end of this first episode, this is kind of where I noticed uh, the story being a little thin because I got done and I thought, well, this was fun. I'm like, well, what happened? Um, <laughs> Barry and Oliver had a body switch and Cisco had a vibe and they realized they needed to go to Gotham. And that was like a little teaser at the end. And that was it. And then they still don't get to Gotham until the middle of the next episode. So uh, this is where I thought it was, it was where I first realized that. And then that will not happen in the second one either. But um, yeah, and there was also a freak of the week or villain of the week, Amazo, in a crossover, which is weird. They did bring him back later to pay it off. But I thought the design of Amazo was good. Um, seeing the team together fighting was fun. Uh, seeing the Smallville scenes and the introduction of Lois Lane, I liked that. And this was probably this episode of The Flash was probably the best best use I've seen of Superman and Clark Kent in the in the universe to this point. So, overall, yeah, a fun episode. Maybe um again, even though not a lot happened, maybe my my favorite of the crossover.
1: I think it was my favorite of the crossover as well. there's a lot of funny moments sprinkled in here, especially after Oliver has the suit on and initially he's like looking in the mirror and I love how his first thought is like "Barry, what the hell have you done this time?" Yeah. Like I really laughed at that on that, and with the Amazo, I enjoyed seeing Amazo, but I would have wish they would have went kind of more like the Justice League animated show did, where he was like almost shape shifting to Mm -hmm. get their powers. Like I would have rather that instead of a robot, but I know how. I guess it's easier for them to use a robot than it would be to do that CGI effect. But that's just a little nitpick. But I did enjoy seeing Amazo. He was kind of like just. It took just Brainy to take him out in the second time he appeared, and it took all our heroes, like, everything for him, for taking him out in the first one, so I thought that that was kind of funny how they did that. I guess he didn't get a chance to absorb any of the powers in the second one before Brainy took him off, but this was, like you guys said before, Stephen Amell deserves a round of applause for his comedic job, and Barry Allen saying, you have failed this city, Amazo, uh, just... just so wrong it was right
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not much more to add that this one's enjoyable but it it felt just like a a normal mid-season crossover episode with a freak of the week like it felt like kind of like the musical crossover with music Meister. like it could have been something like that because like you said tom nothing really happens nothing too groundbreaking or anything uh one funny moment that i don't think you mentioned was when um clark has to take that alimony back with them because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was pretty good i like that <laughs>
0: yeah yeah a lot yeah. there's there's lots of great lots of great bits like that um dealing off the the personality i gotta say bitsy tolic did a, a really nice lot, job as lois lane in this episode yeah uh you you established her right away and they had believable believable chemistry like a in a couple who's been together a while and a lot of fun and i, I like the lois and clark di- dynamic there i liked how clark gave Car advice, but wasn't preaching to her or anything like that. That was all fun. Um, I did like that Iris actually figured out, um, believed in Barry, and uh, how that was brought back later by Cisco. <laughs> uh, kind of funny if you aren't as high on the, or don't love the Oliver and Felicity stuff as much. I thought that was kind of funny how Cisco had fun with that later. Um, and, and there were little things that you mentioned, Travis, the Maybe those reshot footage. There was a couple instances of that, and I don't want to dwell on that. But yeah, some of the some of the special effects, and I know these are hard. They turn around two or two or three months uh, from filming to actually being out there. But it, it seemed like some things were reused, footage wise, and uh, even CG. There was some some questionable stuff. I don't want to harp on that because you know what do you? There's only so much you can expect. But that that building that Amazon Oliver Flash were running through. Looked like the same building from Crisis on Earth X. Is that building still not finished, or did they just still have that CG uh, renderings ready, or what? I don't know. But I thought that was kind of funny, but it stuck out as um, maybe being a little, a little cheap. But then uh, we get the end tease. They're going to Gotham City, and we get that Batwoman teas with a pretty awesome, awesome new theme that sounds. It reminds me of something. I can't picture it. Or I can't hear it in my head, but it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that that shot with batwoman at the end was amazing i want to point out one other funny scene before we go on from this episode when the t- team flash is checking out oliver and iris is being all fiction and he's just like uh, can we tone down the pda at work <laughs> and everyone else is like oh no we love it man like, keep it up so i just <laughs> that whole scene was fantastic so i just want to make a little note of that but team flash, we, was, team
0: flash was great there Oh, they were,
1: especially when they put their heads out through the hallway, Mm -hmm. and we get that back when he says he mentions that when they're in in Smileville Farm about the hallway thing. So I just thought this this episode was the funniest of the three, and I just really enjoyed Barry and Oliver's interactions, and it got me jacked to see Batwoman, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, so we do eventually get some more Batwoman in the Arrow episode, episode two. I was surprised by how little Batwoman there was overall she just gets a a brief thing at the first episode a brief thing in the third and then the second is where she gets the most to do but still not a lot uh she's really a small supporting role uh she gets a cool action scene and maybe some setup stuff there's Vesper Fairchild was mentioned an R&D worker still working for Wayne I wonder if that's Luke Fox Lucia. Uh, so I wonder if that's all just set up for Batwoman but um what did you think of Batwoman Travis
1: I really enjoyed her from what we've seen. Like you said, we didn't get to see as much as I thought we would. And we're going to be able to say that for a couple characters in this crossover. Uh, I thought that her action scenes were great. And especially the one, like her first appearance when she lands on the roof. I thought that Ruby Rollers did a good job as Kate Kane from what we've seen. Like you said, it'd be a limited time. But uh, the one thing, I one gripe I do have is, I know that Gotham's going to hell in that, but can you get some sort of mannequin or stand for your costume rather than a tree trunk? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, uh, that was a big swing and a miss for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I want more Batwoman, which I guess is a good sign, because I, I was really intrigued by what we saw. But I was that's just kind of like the running theme of this crossover, is there's so many things introduced that don't really go far or don't get investigated too much, don't get too much depth. Um, and Batwoman is definitely one there i was hoping to see a little more of her in action like fighting and stuff um but yeah that like you said tom that theme that musical theme is already my favorite theme of all the cw shows and it's not even officially a show or a theme yet i i might
0: agree unless we're counting 90s flash
2: and yes <laughs> but uh
0: besides that yeah i might agree i thought i thought ruby rose did excellent she did everything she was asked to do um as both kate kane and batwoman so uh, I know she doesn't have a ton of acting experience, but I have no questions about her after seeing this. Um, there's lots of Batman stuff. I think, I think Mark Guggenheim got about seven years worth of Batman references he wanted to do on Arrow and wasn't allowed. He wanted, he got them all out in this episode. Uh, some were fun, Barry asking to go to the Batmobile and, and some I liked, uh, like that. Um, we get some, some other deep, deep cuts, Deathstroke, son showing up a couple of times in different ways. I thought that was neat. Um, along with Diaz and also we get the introduction of psycho pirate we get nora freeze um lots of lots of fun little things mixed in throughout um some good easter eggs some not so subtle easter eggs uh burton and nolan and alfred those kind of things but um again this was the the big part the the story part that you really needed to know was when flash 90 appears and I thought that was a cool scene for Barry to say, oh, Jay, no, <laughs> my God, dad. And, and that was just that was just heartbreaking. It was kind of funny from an out of story perspective, but it is heartbreaking for an in story perspective for for Barry. And I was really disappointed that, that how little we saw of John Wesley ship his flash. I hope there's more of him to come down the line. Um And then, you know, another Easter egg there. No ring. You know, hey, John, you're not wearing your ring. <laughs> Uh, it's a nod, I think, to people who thought John Diggle was really John Stewart when Arrow first started. So um, lots of fun stuff there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. We got a lot there. And I really wish we would have got more John with the ship as Barry Allen. And I love that scene as well. I thought that the first time we seen him in the, the breach type thing, it was just a little reminiscent of BBS where Flash visits Bruce Wayne. I thought it was a little bit like that. That was a little nod to that sort of thing. Which I enjoyed. Uh, I'm ge- I really enjoyed Batwoman as well. Go for a second there, Tom?
0: Huh? Yeah, I'm guessing that was more of a nod to the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's what happened to Barry Allen. He was popping in and out throughout times. I don't I don't think that um, they would have made a BBS reference. I know a lot of people think that. I would be surprised if that's what it is. That's just kind of a flash thing from the comics to do. But maybe it is.
1: Well, they seem to go to the well for all the DC, like, all of DC's catalog. In these crossovers, so maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, one question, a couple questions I have is, will we see Nora Freeze as like Batwoman, one of Batwoman's rogues? Will she take up the mantle that Victor Freeze had? Uh, that's one question I have because we didn't see Victor Freeze, but we did see uh, Nora Freeze. And we got a lot of names on those uh, prison cells. Will we get those characters in a Batwoman show? Are they off limits? I have so many questions about that. But we didn't see her enough. I wanted more action, like you said. And the way that we lost John Wesley Chip's Barry Allen, uh, it, I thought we were going to get him come back in the third episode, and I did wrong. Uh, and I think that we'll see him and uh, Earth 90's John Diggle on next, uh, next year's crossover. I really, really would bid all my money on that, as well as Black Lightning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: I, think, I think the next crossover is definitely going to have the John Wesley Shipp. Flash, um but yeah this episode was great the most easter eggs of all the episodes um and i think you mentioned earlier tom that there wasn't really a great reason to go to arkham but you know they're in gotham why not go to arkham yeah. so i'm glad they did but it's like you said it it didn't have to happen for the story but i'm glad that they made it did made it happen yeah i i
0: think i had no problem with that i just wish they had come up with a better reason like kara kara yeah. was willing to x-ray all of Gotham to look for Deegan, but then they show up to his place of work and she's just like, well, it's probably late. He's, I'm sure he's not here. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought they could have done a better job justifying that. No, but I, I that they actually went there. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, but yeah, that's where we get the J or the John Wesley ship is where we get most of the dialogue. A, a crisis is coming. Someone is coming. Uh, all of that from the monitor and from John Wesley ships flash at the end there.
1: Yeah. We get a build up for, well, well, they'll touch on some of this stuff in the next episode, but not really we're gonna have more questions and answers after this crossover. Yeah. Um, I think the third episode was good at cluing up some stuff, but I have so many more questions if they're trying to build anticipation for next year's crossover, like they did a good job, but I did store it didn't give me a sense of conclusion like Crisis on Earth x did that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm okay that it didn't get the conclusion just because it is like, it really is a big preview for the next crossover. Um, I I think it'll be, I think we'll have a more to judge after that crossover and we see how much happened in this one, these three episodes that actually matter, that they actually call back to or were actually relevant in any way. So some of it might actually end up being just kind of useless stuff that didn't really mean anything, but um, it's kind of hard to judge it completely until we see that next crossover.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Just like the Batwoman stuff. I think once we see the Batwoman pilot, we will see a lot of seeds from the crossover that we're laying foundation for for the show. But it's tough to say which parts will carry forward until it's here. Um, But the third episode is where things really got moving. Deegan became Dark Superman or Supergirl. That was kind of a confusing (laughs) part. He copied he copied Supergirl's emblem and place in the world, but he didn't want her costume or gender that was a little confusing there and and we saw um saw um deacon controlling star labs and being earth's hero uh this is one of the parts where it kind of slowed down where barry and oliver had to convince evil cisco it was kind of a subplot that just slowed things down uh and kara had to convince an evil alex which this could have been cool but since it's alternate reality versions of them i, I had a tough time getting invested in it um, And speaking of slowing it down along with uh oliver and felicity's little lover's bat uh, keeping the annual tradition that's three out of four years crossovers where we had oliver and felicity have a a lover's bat during the crossover which is a little disappointing but at least they saw finished it up pretty quick in this one and then yeah we've got a lot going on in this final episode they go to the fortress uh superman comes back and he's the one who can write re- rewrite reality i thought that was neat that he had experience with something like that before because this is a veteran Superman, but they haven't always, always referenced that. And so I'm glad that he had experience with something like that. Yeah, and
1: Yeah, I'll agree. On... Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with what you said about Superman. I really enjoyed him, especially in this episode. I thought that Deegan would have probably just re- rewrote reality where Lois ends up dying and we had same thing a la the injustice comic book line. Uh but instead, he just made it. That was really odd. It seemed like almost like Supergirl writers and him that were getting another one of those like shots in. But I would have rathered him rewrote reality where Superman, like Lois was killed and Superman just turned evil. I thought that was better. Would have been a better way. And like you said, with the Cisco stuff, that was just off to me. But I did enjoy the interactions with Barry and Oliver and the monitor. And Oliver and the monitor, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know where he keeps getting those. Uh, Kryptonite arrows. I would love for that to be answered because he just swacked out with another one ready to shoot. <laughs> I, I hope they touch on that in the next crossover. But we, the conclusion we get uh just gives me more questions. I kind of have the feeling that Oliver swapped his life for Barry's. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what will end up happening at the conclusion of the next crossover. We'll have Oliver sacrificing himself and Barry staying alive.
2: Yeah. I. I think I agree with that. I think that's what they're trying to set up. Um, and, you know, like Barry and Kara are both supposed to die. Um, so who is swapping their lives for, for Kara? Or is she going to die? Or is this Superman going to swap his life for Kara? Um, that, that's the part that's less clear, like what happens with her. But I, I think it is, at least right now, it seems pretty clear that, yeah, Oliver is is swapping his life for Barry. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's a decent wrap up. They, they tie up the story. But again, it just... There's a lot of stuff that happens that didn't get its time, like Amazo coming back and we get like a super brief Bizarro reference and then Brainy do, maybe I missed it, but he shows up and then like jumps in the air and we don't really get to see him fight, right? He just kind of comes back and has defeated Amazo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he and Martin or Martian Manhunter both show up and we don't really get to see them in action. Um, and then we also like heard before this that there was going to be a Legends cameo and it's just Gary. Which I guess is funny because he's the most disappointing cameo you could have, and that's probably the reason they did that. That's <laughs> that's mean but funny. Yes, <laughs> I, agree, I agree there. Yeah, um, no offense yeah. to Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think
0: I think there's a. We'll see. Like once Crisis on Infinite gets here, what's the schedule like? What's Arrow's going on? But I think what's going on with Arrow. I mean, I think absolutely Oliver made a deal with the Monitor to sacrifice himself for Barry and Kara or something because. That was foreshadowed heavily throughout this episode. Uh, Barry mentions makeup with Felicity because we don't know how much time we have. There were several different things like that. Oliver mentioned that again at the end of the episode. So I think that's definitely what, uh, definitely something that's happened. I was confused about the, the finale with Deegan um, because Barry and Kara wanted to slow down time even though they knew they would die. Um, that was confusing. But also can't flash just go into flash time if he just wanted to slow down time and get the book right. um that he even really says that me. he
1: even says that in the bar that that's what he calls it flash time
0: right they mentioned that later and i know it's really tricky when all these different peoples with powers and, and balancing that and figuring out a story but that just really jumped out to me like they they had to do this but barry could have just entered flash time gotten the book and come back right um unless i'm missing something about flash time that i forget but So that was kind of weird and and disappointing. Uh, But, yeah.
1: Uh, I have a question for you, too. I'm curious. You're the biggest Superman fan, I know. How did you feel about the way they used Superman throughout this crossover? Uh, Personally, I enjoyed it until we got the last scene. I feel like they put Superman down. Well, the last scene with Kara. I feel like they put Superman down a little bit at the end there to try to prop up Kara.
0: I uh, completely agree. It was the season two finale all over again. Um, I really liked how he. I, it was the best use and the most I've liked Tyler Hecklin as Superman. And and this isn't anything against Hecklin. I think he does a good job with what he's asked to do. Um, and seemed more comfortable in the Flash episode. And, you know he's more established and and everything. Um, but then the Supergirl episode, he loses to the Deegan Superman or Supergirl. Um, loses in a fight to him, even though that that character is just his first day on the job and then he is again written out as a way to basically written out I thought the pregnancy and proposal I thought that was cool things I thought that was well but you know they they really reinforced the point you know with Cisco saying calling Kara his favorite kryptonian right with with Clark there um with saying you're really stronger than me uh the world doesn't need superman without a supergirl that felt like a personal attack at me uh it, it was really bad timing <laughs> Because if there was a Superman movie in development, so this is outside of the crossover. If there was a Superman movie in development, I'd say, okay, that's a fine way to write him out and everything like that. But there's no Superman movie in development. So theoretically, even though I don't think Superman should be on TV, they could they free, could have free reign to use Superman in the show. And they choose not to. And they choose to put him down to to prop up Supergirl. I don't know why they have to say one is better than the other. Uh, why can't Superman just say, you've proven yourself, you can protect the world, I'm going away for this for a while, you've earned it. Um, I don't know why they can't just say that and why they have to say those things, uh, but it did feel like they were personally talking to me. And so as a way to write out Superman and uh, again, prop up Supergirl, which um, is is very d- disappointing overall.
2: Yeah, like heaven forbid we ever got a Tyler Hecklin Superman show, I... Some people might like that. I I don't really want to see that. But if we did, would they like if they had Supergirl on the show, would she say no, actually, you're the strong one or would she need to show up when like things get really tough because she's stronger than him? It it's like you said they don't need to make one stronger than the other. They're both insanely strong Kryptonians. Um and it's it's more like like their mental fortitude and their the differences in their lives that make them different, not necessarily their power set. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And,
0: and it's not, not a a gender thing or anything if you flip that around if supergirl says the world doesn't need supergirl when it has superman yeah. I, that was just as bad and you know it would be like if one if there wasn't a wonder woman movie in development and wonder woman pops up onto titans and is just like well you're you're stronger than me wonder girl the um we don't you know the world doesn't need wonder woman if it's got wonder girl and then to top it all off steve trevor's standing right next to her and says you know what you know what? She's got a point. I think you're yeah. you're stronger, Wonder Girl. There's a there's a study that says millennials are actually better at <laughs> at stopping uh, crisis. So yeah, that's, I think Wonder Woman should just retire. Um, that was disappointing to me. Yeah, that really stung.
1: I definitely didn't think I definitely didn't think that this would go this way. I hundred percent did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I know, especially what you just said there would be a perfect way to write write him out. You don't have to put him down. You can just say you've proven yourself. Uh, I'm going to go tend to this problem we have now, which is a Kryptonian child in Lois. And see, and I'll be back whenever you need me. You're to say something like, whenever you need me, you, all you got to do is call and bam. You don't have to put them down saying you're stronger than me. You're better at handling situations than me, even though I'm a veteran Superman. All right. See, I'm, I'm out. I didn't enjoy that at all.
0: Yeah. And I could, I could talk about this a lot. I actually have just started a Superman specific podcast just for, myself so if you want to listen to superman <laughs> confidential a little plug there i will go into to more detail on that probably later today with the episode it should be up elsewhere um should be up everywhere soon and so it gets submitted to it's submitted to itunes needs reviews and everything but i talk more about superman basically stuff like this um more in detail and it's not just harping because there are a lot of good things that um superman did in this episode or in this crossover and uh lois lane but i'm i'm really disappointed with the way they did that and now um even if he goes off, world, I'm not totally opposed to him going off world for the pregnancy, even though I think um, I think the the reason isn't great because uh, I don't think a, a fetus would. I know it's like an old Kevin Smith joke, and there's been a couple comics about it in the 90s, but I don't think a fetus would get yellow sunlight no. while being inside a woman. So I'm not worried about a kick, but um, I, I don't know. I'd have to talk to a doctor about that. <laughs> uh But so that's a weak thing. But I would be fine with that. But yeah, it, he knows a crisis is coming. I don't think Lois Lane or Superman would be cool with them knowing a crisis is coming and just saying we're going to take off and for a while. um But yeah, that's it, that's how it goes.
1: Yeah, I like you said. I enjoyed the way he was used throughout this crossover. Minus just one scene, that was it. Everything else, I thought he was fantastic, and Todd Hicklin did a great job from what was asked of him. And please, can we start with the taller Hick tall hickland's greater than henry cavill or Vice versa or whatever whatever superman you enjoy is one you enjoy i i gotta stop seeing tweets about this stuff it's driving me crazy
0: <laughs> not, to, not to mention it, it it might not matter anymore if we, yep. <laughs> we want to go to a dark yeah. place it'd be like comparing dean kane and brandon routh at this point what's it matter <laughs> um, <laughs> sadly uh, that's how it feels for a superman fan and um but yeah we get Let's move on to happier things. We get that psycho pirate tease. He says the tagline for crisis on infinite earths in his cell. Worlds will live. Worlds will die. And the universe will never be the same. Bam. Coming fall, 2019 crisis on infinite earths.
1: I'm not sure, but I think he might say that in the future, uh story newspaper article that, uh, no brings in flash. I think,
0: I think so. Quote,
1: I think there was a quote from him saying something pretty close to those, pretty close to those lines. And I thought it was cool. We really got to see him before he, He's in the prison break, but we don't really notice, and they don't draw much attention to him. Uh, so we get seen at the end, and they did mention that he might be friends with Deegan. Will we see him on Batgirl going forward? Will we see him on Arrow or Flash, or will he not come up again until the crossover? I have so many questions about that. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty cool reveal.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a cool reveal. It's awesome that they pulled the tagline straight from the comic, and bam, right in front of you, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they. They have hinted at this for quite a long time, and so it's a long time coming. Something we've been waiting for, and so it's it's really exciting that they're finally getting there. It seems like they're really committing to kind of doing crazy stuff, um, and they're really going to do some crazy stuff. I think we're going to lose some characters, and we're going to get some new characters. So things are things are going to shake up, and I'm I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I this is got to have massive impact, and you don't do Crisis on Infinite Earths without that. So I'm curious how we. You know, if Oliver dies, do you just have a few episodes of Arrow in the fall and then that's it, or do you continue with a different Green Arrow, or uh, start over from scratch? I don't know. I'm curious how that is, but I also wonder what they're going to do. If it's just another three episodes and it's Crisis on Infinite that will be a big disappointment. Uh, they could hypothetically do up to six if all of the shows are renewed, if Black Lightning wants to join, if Batwoman gets picked up they could do six episodes even for a one-off crossover or they could do multiple weeks so i hope they do something there i hope it's not just something three or four episodes for such a big storyline and i also wonder what uh what all they want to include if you know my expectations are way too high if they did crisis on inventors i would want them to have everything tv involved so i would want uh Adam West Batman to have retired and Burt Ward to be showing up in the Batcave with a bunch of hired people working for him. You know, maybe he's the leader of the Teen Titans and and coaches them up or something like that. And I would want to have Dean Cain, Gerard Christopher, Tom Welling, the Human Target shows because that's what Crisis on Infinite Earths was. It it brought in everything from the DC's history. So there was. The war characters, bunch of World War II, Sergeant Rock and everybody. There was Commandy in the future, the Legion of Superheroes, in all of the different universes. And so, I would like to see them recreate that. But if they just stick to um the CW type stuff, the Arrowverse as we know it, and maybe with Earth ninety, there's still a decent decent bit to pull from. It's better than I thought. Uh, I made a list of everything you know. We've got Earth one, which we know about. Earth two has Jesse Quick and some villains we know. Earth 3 has Jay Garrick, there's a bunch of Harrison Wells Earth. Obviously Earth thirty eight is Supergirl's Earth and Earth Ninety with the Flash, the old Flash. There's Earth nineteen with Gypsy and Breacher, and there's Earth X, which is all the Freedom Fighters in the Ray. And then there's Earth Black Lightning, if that wants to be included. So there's a decent amount to pull from.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that completely. <laughs> I you went you went way in in of the shows there, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think personally that we're going to get we're going to see uh John Wesley ship not earth naughty and we're going to get to see the uh John, the John Diggle from that earth that's a green lantern I see black lightning coming into play and joining the crossover fun they were tweeting their account okay, was tweeting about the crossover like actual specifically stuff not just saying like go watch it Uh I really think they're eager to get in on the fun and with the ratings boost that this gives shows it can't hurt. I feel like we're going to get Tom Wellings, Superman and maybe Alex, maybe some other people in the Justice League that he had. Uh, we could see, but I feel like we'll get them as well. But I think that's where it might stop. I'm still so curious about Arrow. Does this mean? Because Steven Amell tweeted out the Elsberry 2019 picture. Does this mean we're going to get a season eight of Arrow? Because this doesn't happen until close to December in the crossovers, or will it start off the year for us? next year and he'll just do those three episodes or four episodes and be out i don't know i'm dead. i got so many questions about it because if you listen to michael rosenbaum's podcast earlier this year it didn't sound like he was too high on another season of era so i don't know maybe all the positive buzz and this fun crossover changes mind a bit
0: i think i've seen that amel is under contract for season eight so if he wants to come back then I think Arrow will come back because the ratings are decent enough unless, you know, they decide to end it either I think at the beginning of the season, if they if this was the, opened up the CW shows next season, I think that would be really bold and interesting. Um, and maybe set things up, do a reset for some of the shows. I think that would be really a unique way to look at it. I don't know if that'll happen. Um, but that is but that's interesting. So I yeah, I wondered what all they do bring back will you know, Superman be back from Argo. Then, um, will the Legion show up? Will there are lots of things even just looking in the the Arrowverse that they can pull from if they don't want to bring in anything from the outside. And I don't want to bring in, you know, personally, I don't want them to bring back the Smallville Earth if they're just going to destroy it or anything like that. Um, you know, Earth X seems like a bad place. We could blow that up. Uh, <laughs> just just fine in Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Earths. I don't know. Is there anything in particular you'd like to see, Zach?
2: Ah. Uh... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I I definitely I want to see it expand. Like you said, I just hear thinking about a six episode crossover has me pretty excited. I I I feel like the they kind of wasted some stuff in this one just because the scope wasn't big enough and they didn't have enough time to tell the story. I would be this is insane and you can't actually do this, but I would be all in for all the shows the whole time, like all their seasons, even if they're doing their own things, everything, every episode is like progressing this a little bit and then it's the end of the it would be the end of the seasons that do that or it kind of starts a new season or new stories completely after the crisis mm-hmm. crossover but i i have no idea how to do that i know it's hard enough with three shows with all the right the the showrunners and they're filming in different places now and so i don't know how you do that but if i could snap my fingers if i had the book and i could rewrite uh reality i would make it a six show crossover
1: the problem there really from what i've i've found out from researching is that these actors want to be paid their show cost on each show, no matter if they're in one scene or ten scenes. Uh, Stephen Amell was talking about that with the first episode of Flash. They wanted to pay him as, like, right down there at the bottom because he was only in that one scene, but he fought for what he gets in the episode in the arrow. So maybe that's a problem for their title characters and even their, uh, like, guests, like their co-stars. Maybe they all want like specific fee for each episode, so they could probably run into some sort of budget troubles there.
0: Yeah, And that's a good point. I think they addressed that pretty well in this crossover, though, because the big, uh, the big characters were in all three episodes. But the supporting characters, unlike last year, they were only in one. You know, a lot of the Flash characters were just in Flash, and a lot of the Supergirl were just in Supergirl and Arrow and Arrow. So there was a couple. You know, Diggle was in multiple episodes, but and so was Cisco but for the the most part they isolated that. So I think if you did crisis the big characters would be in probably every episode, but a lot of the supporting characters would only be in a couple. So that might work that way.
1: Okay.
0: But yeah, it's a I mean it's the biggest DC story of all time. So it's it's there's a lot of expectations that go with it, but a lot of exciting possibilities.
1: I'm looking forward to it for a year now. I think it was smart too because this way you can carve out time for each actor or actress. You don't have to wait. Like you don't have to throw this idea together in September mm-hmm. or October and try to book some old actors in to come back. Now you have a full year to like lock down every guest star. Like Tom Willing, you can you got a full year to lock him lock him now, and he got a full year prepared to look like Superman now. Because I assume that was part of the reason why he wouldn't want to reappear right now, because he said, I think on Milky Roads, podcast, that he's not quite in the shape he was when he was, was Superman. So this might give them some time to prepare for their roles. And I just really want to see Diggle as green Lantern, because we were hinted at green Lantern so many times in this universe. If, if it's going to go out or change, give us green Lantern and Ted Kord, please. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, a lot a lot of excited, a lot to look forward to. A lot of interesting, I'm sure there'll be lots of theories over the next year. Um, Travis, where can, can everybody get a hold of you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. You can drop me a line and we can chat DC anytime. And I also have a little side podcast, Superhero Discussions, on all your podcasting platform.
0: All right, well that is all we have for a long a fun episode on Elseworlds. Worlds. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon.